Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. Today we have an exciting show for you because it's another market spotlight. And the market I am talking about was ranked the fourth strongest economy in the U.S. by Business Week in 2013. This market that I'm talking about has been under the radar. It is a gem that most investors don't know about or even talk about. But those that know about this market are doing extremely well there. And the market I'm talking about is Little Rock, Arkansas. So on today's show, I have two of the principals of the company that we have a relationship with and do work with down in Little Rock. Uh, they are our provider, of course. And um, they're going to be here with us today to talk about the market and why it makes such a great market to invest in, why invest there, what the economy and the housing is like. Uh, the types of investment properties that are available there, although you know they are in somewhat short supply, uh, we have a revolving inventory. So it is fairly consistent and we will have something for everybody if this is a market that is of interest to you. So we're going to get to that interview here in just 30 seconds, so stay tuned. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. It's my pleasure to welcome Jeremy and Brian to the show Jeremy and Brian are two of the principals and partners of our Little Rock, Arkansas provider. Jeremy has a background as an electronics engineer and is a full-time real estate entrepreneur. He owns and manages a portfolio of his own properties. And Brian, his partner, is a lifetime native of Little Rock and owns 27 properties out there. So guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Marco. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Hey, it's my pleasure. It's great to have you on. I think this is a, a little overdue because we have been keeping our eye on the Little Rock, Arkansas market. And it really is under the radar. And so I wanted to get you guys on today to talk about it. This is going to be our market spotlight, and we're going to start pushing some inventory. And um, let's begin by you guys telling us a little bit about yourselves and, and how you got involved in real estate. Maybe, Jeremy, we could start with you. Yeah, that sounds great. I got started in real estate about 10 years ago. Again, I, I come from the corporate world, nine years of experience in the semiconductor industry. Started buying rentals in Memphis, managing them, going through the uh, process of learning how to be an investor, got involved through our local RIA, and met my current partner in Memphis. And we started uh, building a company there. And through a mutual connection on his end, we, we met, we hooked up with Brian in Little Rock and started business there about three years ago. And that's kind of how things got started. Brian, of course, has been in Little Rock for 20 years or investing in Little Rock for, for about 20 years. And he's a lifetime native. So in the last two or three years, we've just seen extraordinary growth in, in the Little Rock market. Great. Brian, what about you? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been investing here since uh, 1997, just kind of was a accident, became kind of an accidental landlord. Um, and uh, it, worked out and I bought another property and that worked out and I bought another property. So I'm, I'm sort of self-taught from the school of hard knocks <laughs> over the last 20 years. 
uh, in real estate investing in Little Rock. Well, Little Rock is, uh, you know, a market that most investors don't really talk about for whatever reason. It's, it seems to be under the radar. Kiplinger recently rated Little Rock as the number one place to live. I'm not sure how they came up with that, what their criteria was, but it's it's an interesting accolade. But, you know, you guys tell us, uh, why should investors look at Little Rock? Why invest there? Yeah, it's interesting. I grew up in western Michigan in a town very similar to Little Rock in terms of size. And, you know, in terms of the uh, the number one ranking by Kiplingers, it was in 2013, it was, it was ranked the number one market in the United States for places to live for populations under a million people. And when you go to Little Rock, it's a really nice town. I mean, the commute time, average commute time is about 17 minutes anywhere in the city, just the way it's laid out, very convenient. It's got a very scenic um, place to live. The, the, the downtown river market on the river is very nice. In terms of market fundamentals, it's a capital city, and you know you've got a plethora of government jobs there. Over 32,000 state government jobs. You've got a strong healthcare presence there. About five major uh, hospitals that employ over 80,000 people. There's been population growth has been very strong the last decade. 15% population growth in the past decade, and that's always a great indicator for a market to live in. Population is about just shy of 200,000 people. Um, 500, within 550 miles of Little Rock is 40% of the nation's buying power. So similar to Memphis, it's centrally located throughout the United States. But two of the statistics that really put my antenna up as, a, as an investor are the cost of living is 12.2% lower than the national average. And Little Rock was ranked number two in terms of the lowest cost of doing business in the United States. So it's an attractive destination for companies to do business. And you see a very diverse economy in Little Rock. It's not dependent on any one market segment necessarily. I mean, when you think of Detroit, you think automotive. And as the automotive industry goes, so goes Detroit and Memphis again. When you think Memphis, you, you think of FedEx. Now, there's other things going on in Memphis, but you know FedEx is the primary driver. Little Rock is not like that. You have a very diverse economy, government, healthcare. You've got two major Fortune 500 companies that are headquartered there, a strong military presence, 5,000 active duty military and civilians um, in the northern part of Little Rock. There's a major Army and National Guard base in Camp Robinson in the northern part of Little Rock. Um, Caterpillar is headquartered there. Stephens Inc., the largest investment banking firm off of Wall Street. And I could just go on and on. So diversity equals risk mitigation from the standpoint of being a real estate investor. That is pretty strong. I mean, those are, are great facts. One thing I want to point out, though, is you mentioned that the population in Little Rock is around 200,000. And for our listeners' sake, I want them to understand that whenever we talk about uh, a city's population, we're generally talking about the population within the borders. But when we're investing in the Little Rock market, it's really a greater geographic area. And so correct me if I'm wrong, but the population of the entire metropolitan statistical area is probably closer to seven or seven or eight hundred thousand. Right. That is correct. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm looking at eight hundred ninety three 
thousand as the re- as the most recent number for the metro area, not just the city of Little Rock, but the metro area encompassing Little Rock, North Little Rock, and in some of the southern suburbs. And Brian can shed some light on that as a as a lifetime native, also. Brian, you know what you could do is probably add to what Jeremy is talking about from an economic perspective. Um, I know there's some Fortune 500 companies there. Maybe you could talk about who and how many, what the job growth and population growth has been recently, stuff like that. Yes. I mean, yes, we've, um, as Jeremy said, we've got a very diverse economy here. Um, He mentioned a lot of different things. Um, The economy has been strong even through the recession. Um, We really didn't didn't suffer a huge um, unemployment number like a lot of places around the country. In fact, right now, our unemployment is uh, just under 4%, I think is the latest statistic there. But I mean, yeah, we do have a very diverse economy and lots of different uh, job opportunities here. Yeah, in fact, jobs, the projected growth of jobs in Little Rock is about 32% over the next 10 years. In terms of the unemployment rate, 4.2% lower than the national average. And, you know, investors are going to love this statistic also. Rents have been up. Um, in fact, we released an article six months ago showing an 11.4% increase in rents over the period of time, December of 2014 to December of 2015, 11.4% increase in rents. That's the ninth largest increase in the country during that period of time. So low unemployment, uh, low cost of living, diverse economy, and an increase in rents. Uh, those are those are numbers. Those are statistics that are very attractive if you're going to be a buy and hold investor. Wow, that's impressive. So I have a question: Why is that happening? Typically, you don't see that happen, and when it does happen, it's usually because there is a shortage or a lack of inventory of housing units or rental properties. So is that the case in Little Rock right now? I n- no, not not really. I I don't think there's necessarily. Um, shortage here. I think we can, now we have had, as Jeremy mentioned, 2015, uh, you know, rent range said that Little Rock had the largest increase nationwide in rents, 11.4% increase, you know, and that was on single family homes, not necessarily on apartments. I, that's what I liked about that statistic. And of course, that's what, you know, we're mostly focused on are single family and small multifamily under four units. But I, you know, there's just, no one's creating that type of rental inventory out there. Um, you know, people are creating apartment complexes and large apartment communities, but no one's really creating these uh, single family and small multifamily properties anymore. So I just think that demand is there. I think there's more renters in the market, but it puts a lot of demand on those properties. And I think that the rent rates are just really starting to kind of catch up with that demand. But um, if you're a tenant and you're out looking right now, I mean, there's, there's certainly, there's certainly inventory out there if you want single-family or small multifamily. Yeah, and the ratio of homeowners to tenants in Little Rock is, is uh, two, two-thirds to one-third. So that, that stands in stark contrast to what we're seeing in Memphis, which is really an aberration around the country. Over 50% of the population rents in, in Memphis as opposed to buying. In Little Rock, you've got about 64% home ownership rate versus, uh, you know, 20, 24, uh, 20, I'm sorry, the, uh, the difference, which is 36%. So it's about two-thirds, one-third ratio. Two-thirds are homeowners, one-third are tenants. So the tenants that are out there looking, there's going to be more demand for housing, and that's driving the runaway rates up. Well, that, that matches national averages, too. So that's pretty much in lockstep. 
But how has the increase in average rent compared to the increase in property values? In other words, are the rents increasing more and faster than property values are going up? You know, I mean, property values definitely, you know, 11.4% per year. I'd say they're more on average of, you know, probably 3%. Um, you know, Little Rock is a very linear market um, with with home values. I mean, we don't have the huge ups and downs um, that you see in other parts of the country. The booms and the busts were pretty level. But now that rent that rent increase that you know, we saw in 2015 is a pretty big jump. But now they're, they're not um, in lockstep with one another. Okay. Do you have any comments about the housing market in general? How does it compare to the rest of the country? What about the uh, cost of living there? I, I understand it's lower than the U.S. average. You know, our median market value uh, home here in Pulaski County, and that's you know the county that Little Rock and the North Little Rock area are in, is around one hundred and forty-five thousand. Now, I'm not exactly sure how that stacks up with the rest of com- the uh, country as a median value, um, but it gives you an idea. I mean, that's that's a, a it's a pretty good price point, and that holds pretty true here. Um, we we see, you know, we we continue to see, uh, like I said, two, three, even four percent, depending on you know what neighborhood your you know neighborhood can make a difference too, or what area of town. But you know, as an average, um, those hold pretty true every year over year, unless we get into a real downturn. Okay, in terms of the rental market, here's an interesting factoid, if you will, but it seems that you guys in Arkansas have probably the most aggressive laws when it comes to a landlord-friendly state. I mean, you guys have a 21-day eviction. Can you explain that and why that's such an advantage? Yeah, absolutely. And we get a lot of a lot of people have interest in that. Of course, we're just used to that here. It's just an everyday life for us here. But um Yes, I mean Arkansas has been said to be maybe the most landlord-friendly state in the country. Um, but here, uh, the way it's viewed is if you have given a proper notice to a tenant, they've broken a lease or um, need to be evicted, um, and you give them the proper notice, uh, you should be able to get them out within about 21 days. But part of that process, um, the the way the law views it is that at stake or if they continue to occupy your property after you've given the proper notice, the law looks at it as un, almost as unlawful detainer, almost like they're trespassing on your property at that point. And so the, the, the legal side gets more involved um, in evicting them. So, you know, it's a, makes it a really quick process. Um, and as I understand, compared to other parts of the country, you know, it's extremely fast. Now is 21 days an average or is that, just what is written in the law? Yeah, no, that's that's actually just based. That's just kind of based on um, you know what we've been able to do it for. I mean, there there may be uh, you know it may take. Let me back up too. You know, there is a process for this, and you typically get a lawyer involved. And there's you know several lawyers here that are kind of the go-to um, you know legal or attorneys for this type of deal and deal with a lot of landlord type issues. But, you know, those guys, um, depending on which one you go with, they're really efficient at getting this, getting this turned around. And, you know, it can cost you, you know, an eviction like this, the legal process can cost you around a thousand dollars is what we say is an average, uh, to get a tenant out. If you ha- actually have to go the whole way through the process, the thing is in Little Rock, most tenants know that, that, that the outcome is you know, it's known. And so generally when you uh, serve an eviction notice to the tenant, 
um, majority of the time they just comply with it and just go on. You don't have to go through the full legal process of actually getting them escorted out of the home. So, um, you know, that's, that's been our, that, these numbers are based on our experience, what we've actually seen. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I know the laws in Little Rock have, have changed a little bit recently. They, they've, uh, tipped the balance a little bit more in favor of the tenant because it was so widely skewed in favor of the landlord. But until recently, if a tenant was one day late on rent, a landlord could file an eviction. And the landlord laws were written in such a way that even landlords didn't have the obligation necessarily to keep the property up in terms of renovation. In other words, the tenant could not withhold rent because the air conditioner was broken or a furnace was out or some you know, they had a leaky roof. They still were obligated to pay rent. Now, I don't know, Brian, if things have changed recently, but it just shows you how how in favor of the landlord the uh, the tenant laws were in Little Rock until recently. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, there are some, it's not completely unfair to a tenant. They have a right to protest and get the city involved and complain on their own as as well. But at the end of the day, the landlord certainly has the upper hand here um, as compared with the tenant. Okay, well, that's good news for a landlord. But if you, my, my feeling, my belief is that if you have, Great property management, managing an asset, in other words, a property that's in a good neighborhood, you've probably licked 80% of your tenant problems or your downside risk. And so let's get into that a little bit here. Let's talk about what kinds of properties you guys look for. Uh, What is your buying criteria, the types of neighborhoods, the amenities maybe that you look at, um, if safety is a criteria, maybe the age of the property. Let's kind of paint the picture of what these neighborhoods look like in the areas around the Little Rock, Arkansas marketplace. Yeah, you bet. I mean, you know, really, we kind of we, we use our own sort of investment strategies if we were buying our own properties, just like we, that's the way we learned about this business um, was doing this for ourselves. But you know, you've got to target an area um, that in. I, I never target an area that I wouldn't myself spend the night in and feel, a, a, you know, feel some relative safety of getting out of my car, going into the home. I mean, there's, your gut feeling can tell you a lot about a place. Um, but we tend to stick to areas that we classify as you know, B areas. I'd say 80% of the properties we buy are you know, in a solid B, B-plus area. Uh, we touch into some A's and rarely ever get into any C's at all, but mostly B's in A areas. But we, we feel like the better areas combined with you know, better finishes uh, just attract better tenants, and those things equal better investments. That's kind of what our strategy is. Better areas, better finishes or renovations, and then better tenant equals better tenants. So that's kind of what our strategy is. You know, the majority of the, the properties that we target are single family. With, we did get into some smaller multifamily. The majority is... Um, single family and those houses tend to be three bedroom, two bath, tend to be around 1500 square feet. So very conducive to family living and location is important. And you know, Little Rock, like most cities has grown kind of from the, you know, the downtown area out and then, you know, has a midtown area. And that's, you know, what we have here in Little Rock, we have a midtown area that's become popular. Again, people are starting to move back from the edges of the city and where it's sprawled out and come back into the Midtown area. And that's kind of where, where we really focus a lot. A lot of our properties are in that Midtown area. 
And most of those properties are properties that were developed in the 1960s, 1970s. So that kind of gives you an, an idea of the era um, of the houses. And, and we like that era. Those, those houses tend to be more modern and in tune with houses that are even built today um, as compared to houses built in the 1920s or 30s. And these houses have, have insulation, have, uh, have updated or modern wiring, have updated or modern plumbing already, uh, have sheetrock and not plaster. Um, you know, so they're, you know, have brick exterior or not uh, wood siding exterior. So a lot of these, these houses were, were well-built and really compared to today's uh, construction, still fairly modern. Hey, Jeremy, do you want to just touch on the price point or the price range of, of these properties? What's the low end, the high end? And then also one of the metrics we look at all the time, it's it's just our starting point, but we look at the rent to value ratio. So take that price point and kind of tie that back to what those properties rent for so we can get an idea of what that RV ratio is in our head. Well, most of our properties sell between 80000 and 130000 And I would say the bulk of our inventory is going to sell between 80 and 100,000. That's kind of where our sweet spot is in Little Rock. Now, there are a few outliers. Uh, we just sold one recently in the low 70s. We, uh, we've got one that we're, we're selling now that's in about the 150 to 160 range. So, you know, we're across the board, but most of our stuff is going to sell between 80,000 and 130,000. In terms of rent to value ratios, we can consistently beat the 1% rule. And of course, the 1% rule is you want the gross monthly rents to be at least 1% of the sales price of the property. So if you buy a property for 80,000, you want it to rent for at least $800, just hypothetical example. So in the, the price points that we operate in, we can consistently beat the 1% rule. And, you know, when, but when you get over 120 to 130,000, that, that ratio begins to break down. So when we're selling properties, you know, in the 150 range, um, you're going to get slightly less than the 1% rule. However, there are investors in our network and, and in your network who may like that because it's a long-term value play. You own a property like that, typically you're in a premium A-class neighborhood. Uh, people want to live there long-term. You're going to attract a tenant that uh, either, either may stay long-term or if they do turn it over, you can get it re-rented quickly because people are looking specifically for that property in that area. So if you buy and hold a property like that, as an investor, your mindset is, I'm willing to sacrifice some short-term cash flow for long-term value. And again, it's just different strokes for different folks. Some people want those types of properties, the 150 range, but there are a lot of investors, majority of them, who want the cash flow now to take care of today's cash needs. So they want to be buying in the 80 to 90,000 range, which is where most of our properties operate. And we feel like Little Rock is one of the premium markets in the country for those types of properties because we can consistently beat the 1% rule and because property taxes in Little Rock tend to be lower than they are in other markets throughout the country. So one of the advantages also of Little Rock is low property taxes. The numbers in Little Rock are very attractive. Our clients are typically buying eighty dollars to $130,000 properties. Uh, they typically have a 1% RV ratio. Uh, I'd say the bulk of what our clients are buying today are between ninety and 110000 The low property taxes that you have there is is almost a bonus. It's, it's just great because it makes the cash flow 
and the overall rates of return very attractive. Um, yeah. I think the challenge that I, I think we're seeing today just with the the level of activity across the country in real estate markets and the velocity of sales is that inventory levels tend to be low because the properties turn over very quickly. Uh, for example, you know, as of today, as we're recording this, we have two properties that are about to be posted up on our website. There's zero there right now. Two will be coming up probably today or tomorrow. So I know we're working with you guys to get that ramped up. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of interest in Little Rock just because the market is conducive. It's healthy. There's a lot of great drivers pushing up the demand. Uh, it's keeping that rent-to-value ratio high. The rates of return are attractive. The price points are great. Um, I think the only bottleneck, if you will, is just uh, you know supplying enough inventory to keep up with demand, which is obviously a good problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. We will be making a couple properties available to you guys. One of them I actually floated out um, a couple of weeks ago to our list, no takers. So I say that because we've always got and we always try to have a, a few properties available to people who are ready to buy right now. So, and the challenge on my end, working the, uh, you know, the dispositions part of the business is oftentimes I'm trying to market a property that's in the early stages of renovation. Maybe you have a front of the house picture and then a, a description, you know, a, deep, uh, a, a limited description in terms of um, the location of the property and then, of course, the numbers and the fundamentals. But a lot of investors, especially those who have never done business with us before, they want to see a completed property and they want to see pictures of the inside when it's done. And oftentimes, um, if, you, if you have to wait until that stage in order to make a decision, it's probably too late because the property is going to get snatched up. Most of what Brian and I sell, we sell in the early stages of renovation because we have investors in our network who have either done business with us before or they're ready to buy now, and they can make a decision quickly, even when a property is early in the stages of renovation and we only have a front of the house picture. So just something to keep in mind. We're seeing this in other markets too, like Kansas City. So we will post properties up right after they're acquired. So there's no picture yet, um, or maybe it's an old pre-renovation photo, but it's there and we can post the numbers. And if investors are interested, they can put it under contract or reserve it subject to everything. So it's subject to the completion of the renovation, subject to their inspection, subject to their financing. And that way, they have the opportunity to control that property and ultimately buy it instead of losing it to someone else who's willing to put it under contract subject to everything that they need to put it subject to. So this is what I recommend to investors because the fact of the matter is, is real estate right now, in many markets around the country is very active and there's a there's a strong turnover and good high demand. So this is sometimes what you have to do in order to lock down a property and build a portfolio in a market you like, for example, Little Rock. So we'll work with clients on that. So that's not a problem. And one thing, I, and I know you're wrapping this up, but one thing I want to say is if you're reasonably confident that you're ready to go as an investor, if you're willing to put a property under contract with earnest money, I would say pull the trigger, even if you're only maybe 50% sure, because of the things Marco's talking about. You, you, you do have an inspection. You can, you can always get out of that contract with a refund of your earnest money. If at some point in time, you know, the property's completed and you see something you don't like in the inspection report, or maybe you just get cold feet. Um, obviously, you don't make a habit of this, but I would rather have investors take action, put a property under contract with earnest money, 
And then if down the road they change their mind, get out with a refund and move on, than to wait and miss out an opportunity. So just kind of a, a, a tip here. Don't be afraid to take action. We want to work with you. We want, we'll do whatever we can on our end to make you comfortable with that investment. And if you're not comfortable with that particular property, get you into the right property because we want you to be successful. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's better to take action than no action at all because you're just you're just not going to get ahead. You're not going to get to where you need to be. And and you know we work with everybody to help them get to the next step. So if you put a property under contract with a deposit and you change your mind, you know, a day later because of cold feet or whatever, um, most of the people that we work with are very good about it. I mean, we know that that property will sell very quickly to the next person. So it's really no skin off our back or your back. It's just, we want to help you. But I have one more question for you guys before I let you go. Um, and that's just regarding property management. Do you want to make any uh, comments about the management side of things? Because to me, that is critically important. Well, I'm going to turn this over to Brian because he is the boots on the ground. He's a lifetime native in Little Rock. And he is uh, working very closely with our property manager. So, Brian, it's yours. Yeah, yeah. Our, our property manager here is a, a guy named Jamie Hoffman. Uh, he is a second-generation family business um, property manager. So his father, who still he, the two of them still work together, but his father's been in this business for uh, close to 40 years and has built up a, a, a good-sized clientele and a lot of processes over the years. Uh, is very well respected in the property management business. But Jamie, um, we get a lot of good feedback on Jamie. Uh, he's very accessible. Uh, to the clients, easy to talk to, very straightforward. Um, but he takes, you know, he takes the property management part very personal. Uh, he's not just a guy in an office somewhere with a, a team of folks in a pickup truck running around um, checking the properties out for him. He he is actually out in the field and is very hands-on and very involved with the property management. But he does an excellent job. Um, and like I said, they've been doing it for a long time. Um, I think they manage somewhere around you know, 400, 450 properties altogether. So he does, an, he does an excellent job, very hands-on approach in the property management. Yeah, we joke in our office once in a while that uh, somewhere there's a mad scientist who put together a plan to build a mannequin that was the ideal property manager, and that turned out to be Jamie Hoffman. <laughs> just look at the way he works and the way he operates. He was just simply wired to be a property manager. So it's not out of necessity, it's out of passion. He really loves what he's doing. He's very good at it. He's very connected, very personable, not only with clients, but also with tenants. So, you know, we have our full confidence in Jamie and his team in Little Rock. Awesome. Guys, is there anything I did not ask you that maybe I should have? I can't think of anything. I think we've covered everything. Um, you know, Brian lives in Little Rock. He, um, he's a lifetime native, went to school there. There's a couple of major universities there. His wife actually works as a as a doctor, I believe, at one of the major hospitals. So I'll just turn it back over to Brian for those comments. Yeah, I mean, you know, we always encourage, we want our clients to come here and um, get a feel for the city, uh, take a look at some of our finished products, take a look at our quality of work. Um, just, just be comfortable, get comfortable. And so we're always welcoming, always glad for for uh, clients to come here and do that. So um, we really encourage that. Yeah, we always encourage clients to go out. Statistically, only about 1 in 20 or 5% go out there. 
But when they do, they're they're always impressed. They get a great education. They meet with the team. They get to see people face to face. Uh, talk to the property managers and some of the crew. It really helps them to understand the market, the property type, the tenant class, etc. And and so we always encourage it. We don't insist on it, but if they can do it, um, I mean, we really really uh, like when they go out. Um, I'm going to update the information on our website. You've provided me some updated information about the economy, housing, the rental market, and we'll we'll post that up on our our NoradaRealEstate.com website. But other than that, we'll uh, we'll certainly be in touch with you. We'll have clients for you guys, and we'll put them in touch with you as well. So I really want to thank you for your time, you guys. Thanks, Marco. It was a thank pleasure. you. My pleasure, and we'll talk soon. Thanks. There you have it, another market spotlight on Little Rock, Arkansas. If you haven't downloaded and read our free report, The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing, please go ahead and do that. You can do that at PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com or our key website where we have all our properties at NoradaRealEstate.com. I know that report has been downloaded thousands of times. I am not sure how many people have actually read it. I know they download it, so it is chock full of great information. It is more than just a primer, so I encourage you to... uh, take a look at that and and start reading it if you haven't. It's only about 40 some pages. If you have any questions about this episode, the Little Rock market, or questions in general, contact one of our investment counselors or your investment counselor if you're already working with one, and we'll be uh, happy to give you more information and putting you in touch with uh, our team and, and our network. And that's about it. So remember to subscribe. If you uh, would like one of our free Keep Calm and Invest On coffee mugs, be sure to leave us a rating and review on iTunes and then just shoot an email over to reviews at noradarealestate.com. Be sure to include your mailing address and we will get that in the mail for you right away. Anyway, we enjoy having you here. Thanks for listening and we will see you all on the next episode. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.